Welcome to episode number 52 for the National Land Realty Podcast, where we discuss all things land. Our goal here is to inform, educate, and entertain those of you who own land or are interested in the buying and selling of land throughout the United States. My name is Mac Christian, and I am the Chief Marketing Officer here at National Land Realty. I'll be your host for this episode. Using auctions to sell land is a concept that has been around for thousands of years. Land auctions have existed in the United States since before we were united and states were a distant dream. Nowadays, the word auction can make a reader feel inspired, feel competitive, get their pocketbook ready, or some assume it's a fire sale on an underwater or over-leveraged property. Those interpretations tend to be geographical in the United States. Whatever the viewpoint, we're here today with Jeremy Stevens to discuss everything you need to know about land auctions. Jeremy is an award-winning thought leader, land professional, and the head of National Land Realty's auction program. In other words, there's not a better person in the country to teach you about land auctions. Now sit back and enjoy. All right, so I am sitting here with Jeremy Stevens, and before before I kind of jump in here, I wanted to throw out a, a few different pieces of information. Uh, uh, 2021 Land Realtor of America, 2022 National Association of Realtors Commercial Award winner, um, 25 years of experience, 2017 through 2022 National Land Realty's Arkansas Top Producer, uh, Apex Producers Club winner. Um, I'm missing some here. Uh, th- there's more awards here than I can possibly like, there's a lot of awards here, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mac. Uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, I, it's been a... I'm, I'm jumping all over you here. Tell, tell me a little bit how, how you got here, how you started with national land in the first place. Is it kind of where I wanted to lead you to? Sure. Um, you know, been in the been in the land business for for 25 years. The first uh, five of that, I was in finance. I was in, in land finance and through the farm credit system and, and got into real estate and uh, enjoyed that through different uh, different groups, different companies. Uh, but uh, at about 2016 or so, uh, you know, made the connection with uh, with National Land and uh, was wanting to make a change. What I was currently doing, I really liked the platform. I really liked the uh, the overall mindset, the the vision of what we what they were doing. I uh, love that it wasn't a franchise because I think that takes away from a lot of a lot of good uh, solid businesses, uh, the franchise model, especially in real estate. So um, you know, love the vision, love the tech that was going on. So I jumped in, both feet forward, and uh, you know, here we are, twenty twenty three. I've been here since then. So. You know, it's uh, it's been a fun ride, and I uh, hope we continue the ride. You know, as we uh, introduce more things uh, to national land to to uh, help service the marketplace. And why I feel like I missed the two most important sort of stats. There is is you're also an accredited land consultant, um, which is which is a fairly prestigious deal um, in the land in the land professional industry. To, to say land real estate, I, I always get mixed up there with land real estate and land professional. As a land professional, ALC designation is is of prestige um, in the industry. And then you're also the former president of the Realtors Land Institute, um, having served in that role. Yeah, I was uh, was president of the Realtors Land Institute for two years. Uh, it's actually a four-year commitment. You're a vice president, uh, incoming president, president, and past president. So I actually served for a four-year overall, but was actual president for two years. 
uh, through that organization. Highly involved, Realtors Land Institute, National Association of Realtors, uh, a lot of meetings in, in D.C. and so forth about land issues, uh, whether it was, you know, water, whether it was property owner rights, uh, just a whole gamut of things that, that you're involved in heavily. Still involved at a certain level, just not as much as, as I was several years ago. Uh, still active uh, with Realtors Land Institute, have my ALC, and now I'm an instructor for them, so I'm teaching courses. Uh, that they have to uh, the uh, accreditation courses for for new people, so our new agents or new new members uh, to get their uh, ALC. So kind of kind of went down a little bit of a different road. Just completed a course uh, last week, the uh, agricultural land brokerage course. Uh, we did a uh, a Zoom uh, four weeks, two hour sessions. So uh, did that online. So we do it also. Uh, in class. So that's kind of taking a different route with that, but I uh, really enjoyed it. Get to meet a lot of great people. So, and, you know, learn a lot of new things from everybody. You know, I, I got to ask, Kevin, knowing firsthand that a few of our agents just got their ALCs, do you pick on them a little bit when they come to your courses? <laughs> you know, you, you don't really want to pick on anybody. I, I had one, I had a national land rail agent in, in my ag class and, and I didn't really want to pick on him much, but uh, he did ask questions and, and that's what you want. You just want participation uh, from everyone through those courses that, that you learn more if there's participation because you get off of just the core material and other information that's, the, you know, really vital to everyday life and everyday business. So on top of everything that you're doing with with you know teaching classes, um, you know all the stuff that you helped out with in the past, you're also spearheading the auction program here in National Land Realty, which which is a really important part of business when it comes to the Midwest. Uh, not as common; you don't see it as much on the West Coast and on the East Coast, but that Midwest it's a huge driver of business, and we've started working with that here. And and it, you know it's a great time to like kind of pick your brain and talk about just auctions in general, what they're used for. There's a lot of landowners out there that don't know that they can auction land. And it probably sounds, you know, when you think about auctions, you think about gamble, like I might not get anything for it. Like, you know, it, in any kind of auction situation, there's always risk just like there is with a sale. But if you don't understand it going in, it's going to look a lot scarier. These are big business. And, and a lot of the times they can drive prices higher. They can drive prices lower. Um, but they'll give you market value. And and sometimes there's a use for it. Sometimes there are situations that you don't want to use it. So I would today, I want to put you on the spot to talk about auctions and sort of how to utilize those. Sure. Uh, you know, you brought the fact that National Land will be launching a, an auction platform. We've had auctions at National Land. In the past, we've had agents and brokers have some very successful auctions uh, throughout different areas, but we've never had a platform that's available to them where we can centralize everything and we can handle things from a team standpoint and let the brokers and agents do their job and let the, uh, you know, let National Land do its job and helping them facilitate those. So as we've developed that and put this program together, uh, hopefully this will be available, you know, from coast to coast, border to border for all agents and national land to present to their clients and, and landowners uh, that potentially look at an auction. Uh, you know, there's so many different things that go into auctions There are different types of auctions. Uh, like you said, the Midwest, uh, it's, you know, probably 65, 70 percent of most every sale in the Midwest. It goes by auction uh, other than uh, private sale. Uh, other areas of the country, it's not so common. Uh, maybe not common with a live auction. The Midwest is really common live auction. You get everybody in one room. They're all, you know, you got the auctioneer up there. He's bidding. There's a lot of excitement. It's, you know, everybody's really getting pumped up. You get in other areas of the country, 
you don't really get into that, but you still have available auctions with online auctions or sealed bid auctions. And, uh, you know, there's a little bit of opportunity for everybody, no matter where you are in the country. You know, there, there's some areas in the country that when they see auction, they think, oh, it's a fire sale. You know, oh, somebody's somebody lost everything. The bank's got it back. We're fixing to sell it. We're going to sell it for pennies on the dollar. And, and that's what it is. But, uh, you know, that's really not the case uh, anymore. Uh, yeah, there's still some foreclosure sales, but, uh, you know, the majority is they're wanting to sell at auction, you know, because it can accelerate a sale. When you go in and list a property, you know, you're you're putting it on the market. You're taking time to market it. You're taking time to solicit offers. You're taking time to, to get an accepted offer. You're taking time to get it closed. You know, an auction can accelerate that by, you know, months. Uh, you know, you're going to get a higher visibility with an auction. Everybody's going to see it. Auction, auction, auction. It's going to sell. You know, from another standpoint, from a why would you know the landowner? Why would I want an auction? I got pre-qualified buyers at the sale. I got people who are ready to buy. They're here. They can buy. There's no contingency upon financing. There's no contingency upon appraisal. There's no I'm going to go and need 30 or 60 days due diligence to figure this out or figure that out. I'm here to buy and I'm here to buy today. And you, you're going to get when you've got a room full of people or, you know, a, a, a platform of different people that see all this, you're going to get greater competition. I mean, you go out there and list something, you may have one buyer, you can have a multiple buy offer situation, but from an auction standpoint, you're going to have people on a platform that are either standing next to each other in a room or they're bidding against each other online or they're knowing they're making bids out there where they don't know what the other guy's making. So they're going to have to make their bid the highest and best they can because of the competitive level. And the crazy thing about auctions, sometimes, the you know, it's risk reward. Uh, you know, you can get a possible higher sales price than what the market value is. On the flip side, you know, if it auction, it may not bring what you think it is. So there's a, you know, there's a, a plus and minus there. But, uh, you know, what I look at when I talk to people with, with auctions and selling is one of the main things from a landowner standpoint is there's no contingencies. It's a clean deal. You're going to get cash at closing in 30 days, you know, or 40 days, whatever the agreement is upon signing the auction, but or a contract. But you know, you don't have to go through waiting on somebody to get their financing or the appraisal or the environmental or this or that. I mean, it's you drop the hammer and you sign the contract, you're closing in 30 days. Is so? What's the risk to the buyer in that situation? Is there a buyer beware when it, when something goes to auction, or has all the prep work already been done? You know, you when you're parking in an auction, uh, you, you you sign your your contract to put it at auction, and you take you know, you're usually taking three to four weeks to put together your marketing uh, to get it together, and you're going to market the property generally 30 days before your auction date, and in that 30 days, you're going to have time for potential buyers to do site and you know site visits, inspections. Uh, you know, you're going to have title work done beforehand. So, you know, you know, there's not going to be any title issues. They have the opportunity to review title before before they go to auction. So there's no issues there. Uh, but they're buying it as is where it is. At the day of the sale, it's going to be you've had every, you've had your opportunity to go look at it. You've had your opportunity to investigate it. You've had your opportunity to ask every question that you can think of about this property. But when it goes for auction, we're selling it as is where it is. Do buyers walk in with financing or is this all cash? You, you know, they will walk in with financing, uh, letter from credit from their bank, you know, that they're going to finance it, but they're going to put up a substantial amount of, of earnest money, a deposit down, non-refundable deposit the day of the sale. Uh, so, you know, usually it's 10%. So, you know, if you're a million dollar deal, 
you know, you're 10%, you're putting up a hundred thousand dollars non-refundable. So, you know, pretty well, if you're going to be able, your bank's going to loan you the money or not. Um, but you know, that's, that's the way you kind of get around that. So what's the difference between sort of how things were done in the past and in, in talking primarily within our organization, you talked about using a centralized hub versus just trying to like find a way to do an auction. What's the advantage of what we're doing now versus how we were operating before? Because I'm guessing a lot of places do sort of operate how we did before. And we worked really hard to get like a consolidated effort and use a platform to do this. And And can you tell me a little bit about that? You know, we were we were hiring. I mean, we have some agents, brokers that are licensed auctioneers. Uh, I'm a licensed auctioneer here in Arkansas. I have met multiple others across the country that are licensed auctioneers in the states that require that. Uh, but we were having sales that we were partnering with other auction companies. They were coming in and doing the auction. Uh, we were bringing the client and the property. So we were doing some co-branding, co-marketing with that. Uh, we had some brokers that were doing it on their own, uh, running auctions just on a smaller scale didn't really have the technical technology to run the platforms from the online bidding, a simulcast bidding, uh, that they were just doing live sales day of auction, uh, from that platform. So we're kind of changing all of that and trying to centralize the, um, overall efforts from internally. So an agent comes in and says, you know, hey, I've got this property. What do you think about an auction? Well, they'll discuss with their broker, discuss with the auction team. And if everyone agrees, like, yeah, this is a great opportunity for an auction. Now we've got a very process, detailed process that goes through step by step. You know, this is your responsibilities. This is the team responsibilities. This is how the whole process works. Uh, this is who's paying for what. This is who's getting what. This is, you know, from start to finish. Uh, and it's centralized with marketing. It's centralized with tech. It's centralized with with everything. So, again, the, the team, the auction team for National Land has the responsibility of making sure that everything flows smoothly where the broker and the agent is dealing with the buyers, you know, showing the property, that aspect. And they're not having to worry about lining up the auctioneer, making sure the auctioneer software is, is doing what it's supposed to do, making sure that the newspaper ads have been put in place. Uh, it, it's just, again, centralizing, increasing efficiency is what we're looking to do. I, I like how you have credentials that just like pop up out of the middle of nowhere. Like we're talking about all your credentials here at the beginning. And it's like, oh, I'm also a, you know, licensed auctioneer. I do that too. <laughs> well, I'm licensed in six states and real estate. So, you know, Arkansas and all the surrounding states except for Texas. So, <laughs> so you know, we, we talked about, we talked about how like, the, you know, the Midwest has this, this, you know, you said like 65, 70% of, of land sales are going to be auctions. What's the, the, I mean, have you seen any reasoning why the Midwest kind of focuses on auctions? And then you, you do see so you this divide on like you get to the West Coast, you get to the East Coast and they don't use auctions as much. Is it sort of, is it interpretation as to what an auction is or is it just, what's the sort of the, what do you see as kind of a difference maker, why they're not utilized as much? It's an interpretation of how it works. Um, it's been in the marketplace there and it's been very efficient and it's worked and it's carried forward as that is the is a prime method of selling property um so it's been very successful uh over multitude of years of how it does work so you've got that mindset of if i want to get the most for my property you know this is this is the method to do it and, and if you follow auctions in the midwest or if you follow land sales 
get through the Midwest, you know, you'll see something pop up, you know, twenty twenty four thousand dollars an acre in Iowa for cropland, twenty two thousand dollars an acre for Nebraska for cropland. And you're scratching your head going, what in the world's going on here? Why is this land bringing so much? Well, if you go to it, they're auctions. I mean, that's property selling auction and you get a competitive market there of, of driving those prices there. So it's a lot of it is you, you hate to put it. Well, that's the way they've always done it. But it kind of goes back to that's the method of sales that they have preferred in that market for, for over a period of time. And it's a proven method. Um, and again, it's, you know, going back to what we talked about earlier, uh, you can, you can do a sale fairly quickly. I mean, you've, you know, it gets back to the factors of you can get a, get a sale done fast. You can get a sale done with no contingencies. You can get a sale, uh, get a sale closed. So, uh, it, it's just a good method. You get all your buyers there together at one time and it works for them. Now, why does it not work in other areas is efficient. I think you, again, talking about what we talk about, fire sales, banks, foreclosures. I think that caused a negative attitude in a lot of areas. Um, for whatever reason, this, this is crazy, but we see it. You get in some areas of the country where you'll get neighbors who own adjoining property to the one that may be auctioned and they may not want their neighbor to know that they're trying to buy it or they don't want their neighbor to know how much they're bidding on it. They, they don't want to bid against each other. There's still that, that kind of, that uh, gentleman agreement of, you know, I, I, I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to offend anybody. I'm not going to do that. So you, so you kind of get into online bidding or sealed bids in those markets because then they're not all in a room standing shoulder to shoulder bidding against each other. Uh, then they're, you know, they're doing anonymously of how they're, how they're bidding. That's, I know it sounds crazy, but that that is honest to goodness truth in a lot of markets. That is a really interesting observation. Like, and now that you say it, you you understand it because it, there are areas where everybody knows everybody, and you can find out somebody else bid on something. There's somebody could get a little chippy about it, or somebody outbids somebody, and, and then. But I mean, they're going to find out eventually, anyways. <laughs> It's find out eventually. Sure, but you know, it's not to happen to stand shoulder shoulder to them. You know, bidding against each other. Yeah, yeah. So, and and there is sort of this association um, in some areas where it's like, in a, and in, it's hard to understand why, but maybe you have a grasp on that. Why it gets associated with short sales, with fire sales, is is just because auctions were used in some of those situations to get spread across the whole, or is there any other kind of association that they they derive from? I think in years past, um, auctions weren't prevalent in land sales. And then when you did have foreclosures, that's the only method they use. So the mindset was, well, if it's an auction, it's it's a foreclosure because it never was a a popular method of sale uh, over the course of time in certain markets in certain regions. And when they did have one, it was strictly because it was a foreclosure. So that has kind of carried forward through the years. Um, you know, it's, it's that's that negative connotation, but. I think it's I think it's limited in some areas. It's still very, very prevalent, but I think it is getting better overall because I think people see the value in, you know, maybe it's not a live auction. Maybe it's online or maybe it's a sealed bid. But I, I think they see the value of having multiple people bid against each other uh, to try to, you know, try to increase the price as much. And it is highly visible. Uh, you're trying to get as much, you know, as, as a land broker, land agent, auctioneer, you know, you're you're working for the seller. That's your job, you know, and your job for the seller is to get them as much money as possible for that piece of land that you're selling. 
and the seller can see if I've got a room full of people or if I'm, you know, online bidding, we've got 30 registered bidders. You know, I got 30 people bidding on my property. Whereas if I just listed it and sold it, yeah, I've got so many people viewing it on websites, but are they qualified? Are they ready to buy? Are they just kicking tires? So I think that mindset has kind of taking over a little bit and it's becoming a little bit more open-minded auctions in different markets. And, and, and that's what we hope. And that's what we hope to expand, you know, with this platform that we're going to roll out uh, in markets, you know, I think we'll be ultra successful in, in the Midwest for sure because it's already there. Uh, but I think as we go into some other markets and offer the other tools, I think it will be able to get a, you know, get a good strong market hold there as well. I was going to say you were speaking to the fact that you have a room full of qualified buyers that are looking to buy, like they they walk into that room or log in, right? Because there's mm-hmm. there's online auctions too. And then the other part that that I think is is very valuable is the fact that there's a deadline. I know mm-hmm. my property will be sold by this date. It's it's not a matter of sitting there for like you know potentially 300 days on market. If your price is off, you're going to market and you know that thing's going to be sold. You know, and that's why, uh, you know, you talk about the negative connotation things selling it for a foreclosure. That's the reason they sold that way is because they wanted it sold. There was a deadline. We need this sold. We need it sold in 30 days. So we're going to have an auction. That's how we're going to sell it. So that's kind of where that comes from. But, you know, flip it to the positive side is I've got a piece of property out there. You know, I want to get it sold. I wouldn't have put it on the market if I didn't want to get it sold. So why not take every opportunity to expedite that process and put it out there on the market and sell it at an auction. You know, like I said, you're, you're dealing with qualified buyers. Uh, they're not tire kickers. They're there to buy. And, uh, you know, instead of waiting six months to get something closed and, and the market's changing a little, I mean, from where we were a year ago, I mean, a year ago, year and a half ago, you could put a property on the market and it was gone in two days, a week, because uh, it was just crazy, crazy on fire. And, you know, it's, it's the great the land market's still great, uh, but it's not, it's not as great as it was. I mean, it's not, we're putting property on the market and it's got under contract in a week. It's taking a little bit longer, but I think it's uh, from an auction standpoint, I think it just offers some different opportunities for landowners. I just had a random curiosity go through my head and I'm more curious about this from the logistics side of things. So one thing we hear about all the time is 1031 exchange where, you know, and once you, once you get your property sold, then you've got a certain time period to find a piece of property to exchange that for. Do you ever see somebody work that in reverse where they find something that they think is worth exchanging for and then run a property at auction to get it sold quickly so they can get in on the property that they're looking at? You know, I've never I've never experienced that personally, but I think that would be a, a possible uh, potential way to utilize it. It's a way uh, to know, expedite the process is what I was thinking. Like if I found something that was looking to go into sale, I could run an auction have my property sold in 30 days and then 1031 that into the one I want instead of hoping that that one is there and hoping my property can sell and I can still get the property I'm looking at. I think you could look at it from that standpoint. Again, I've never personally been part of one like that, but I think it would be an option for somebody to do that. You know, there's, there's some other options out there as well. But uh, again, if you want to expedite the sale and and get as many people possible as bid and buying on it, that's, that's what I would, uh, you know, one of the things that, that I think would, be opportunistic for a, for a seller to do is look at this method. Yeah. So what, so what kind of auctions are there? I mean, like there's, there's different kinds. So what, what, what do they look like and how do they work? 
well, you know, live auction, everybody thinks live auction. Okay. We got a room full of people. You got an auctioneer, you got ring men out in the middle of the ground, giving bids, you know, he's up there doing it, doing the auctioneer's chant on the price and they're all out there. Hey, Hey, you know, it's, it's great. Uh, that's a live auction. And you know, that's what you have when you've got everybody bidding, shoulder to shoulder in a room uh you know there's a you know an extra little piece now that you can do simulcast as well so you can do simulcast online with an online with a live auction you can have people in the room but you can also have people bidding online simulcast so you got online bidders you got people in the room bidding so then it can get really you know get really crazy uh but you got a lot of people got a lot of people bidding a lot of people running price so it's very uh you know it's it's very exciting a live auction if you're ever taking part of a live auction that's really really rolling it's it's exciting i mean there's some it's a lot going on just to watch the the bidders watch the auctioneer watch uh, you know the ringman uh it's an event that's what i like to call it a live auction it's an event um you know then you have online auctions where you have a property, you can put it out for sale online, you know, set up the process the same, you market it the same, you open up bidding at a certain date, you close bidding a certain day, you know, depending on how long you want to keep it open, maybe a week, maybe three weeks. Uh, and then they're able to make their bids. And at the end of the bid process, then, you know, you close it out and you have a bidder or you have a winner. So the online auctions will stretch out. It's not necessarily an event. They'll, they'll go multiple weeks. So they'll go multiple, kind of like they'll go multiple weeks ago. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like eBay. An online auction basically is eBay. It's just the same same principle. You you got an item that you're bidding on, and you bid on it, and you watch it. It's open for X amount of days, and you watch it. And you know our platform has a watch button, so if you're watching it and somebody outbids you, then you get a ding and lets you know that you've been outbid. You go back in there, and if you want to raise your bid, you can raise your bid. Uh, so that's how the online auctions work. You know, sealed bid. Um, you know, sealed bid historically was. You know, you send out information, you send out mailers, we're going to sell this piece of property, submit all your bids by five o'clock on Friday, such and such a date. We're going to open the bids at 530 and whoever the highest bidder is, if it meets our minimum requirements, you know, they're the winner. Well, with our platform now, we can still utilize that, but we can do seal bids online. So you're not actually faxing in a piece of paper or mailing in a piece of paper saying, you know, this is sealed. You know, this is a sealed bid. I always wondered how I got a sealed bid from a fax machine or an email. It's like, how am I, how is that sealed? Somebody's got to open it, don't they? Somebody's got to see it. Um, but so the sealed bid process we've got now, through, we can do it electronically. Somebody goes online, they submit their bid, you know, it's still do the same a day. You know, at the end of the day, we open them up, you know, then then you have your, your winner as long as they meet the requirements for the sale. So those are the really types of auctions, but you also have what we call an absolute uh, reserve and, and minimal bid. Absolute means it's going to sell. If you're putting something out there at absolute, it's going to sell. You know, regardless, you know, you've got a pretty good target price where you think it's going to sell, but whether if it exceeds it or it does not reach that target price, the property is still going to sell. So there is some risk involved with an absolute. The positive side is when people see it is an absolute, they know it's going to sell. So they're inclined to bid, bid more, and it'll, you know, it'll bid higher. Uh, but if you don't have the right bidders or don't have enough bidders, then, you know, you, you definitely have the, the flip side of that risk and it not reach the points <laughs> that you want to sell. So there, there's the, there's the off chance that you could sell your listing for 50 cents, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not that little, but, uh, you know, no. you probably, somebody else would probably bid it up, but you know, you could, you could definitely be short from what your expectations are in an absolute, you know, and it may not be. Uh, may not be what their expectations are, but it may be what the market will bear. Maybe, maybe expectations. 
It's just yeah. Maybe expectations were a little higher than what, what they were anticipated, so it doesn't bring it. Um, you yeah. have a reserve auction. Sorry, so. I keep on jumping in, man. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. Start, no, start over. Uh, so the, the opposite side of that is there's the law of scarcity, right? Like where you might end up with the wrong bidders, like you said, but there's also, also what you said is you know the property is going to sell, so you could have people getting competitive. It's it's a double-sided <laughs> sword is what, what you're kind of saying, right? It's a, it's a double-sided sword. You don't see a lot of absolute sales uh, because of that risk factor. Um, but I've seen a lot of absolute sales, you know, uh, knock it out of the park on a sale just because you get that competitiveness of a, of a bidder, of bidders. You know, it, it only takes two. You know, if people say, oh, I got to have a room full of bidders. No, you really you only have to have two that really want the property. I mean, you know, Grant, you'd love to have a lot more there. You want multiple bidders. You want a, a room full of people or, you know, a group of, of online bidders. The more, the better. But at the end of the day, it only takes two to have an auction. Right. Um, you know, so, you know, that's an absolute. You have what we would call a reserve. You know, there is a minimum reserve. Auction has to hit a minimum dollar amount before, you know, before it'll sell. Uh, then you have a minimum bid, you know, where the auction is going to start at a certain dollar amount. You know, maybe it's a property. Maybe the starting bid is, you know, $250,000 or $100,000. Just throw a number out there. So uh, different things, you know, factor in. Uh, just depends. And it can be tailored just about any way a landowner wants to do it. You know, but one thing you got to keep in mind is is markets. We've talked a lot about markets and what auctions, where they work best, where they don't. Even within the auction world, you know, you still got to be very astute with your market of what market is absolute, what market's reserved, what market, you know, is going to work best with seal bid, what market's going to work best with online. Uh, because even though it may be in a good auction market, maybe, you know, it's not a good live auction market, or maybe it's not a good, you know, absolute market. So you have to know your market and know the key factors within that, even, even with setting it up. Gotcha. And so you mentioned before that some people come with, you know, financing, some people come with, with cash. What is it? I, and then this is more just curiosity. What does it look like if somebody wants to, you know, they're not packing around $200,000 to to pick up a piece of land or, you know, half a million or whatever it is. And they pick up financing beforehand. How you how do you go about getting financing for that? And I'm asking because I know that you're familiar with the finance side of things. Usually when you're wanting to finance a property at auction, you will meet with your lender well beforehand. You'll get a letter of credit from your lender. You know, you're, you're bringing, you know, you're bringing X amount of dollars to the close to the sale anyway to put in as, as your non-refundable deposit. Uh, but you know, you're, you've got a letter of credit from your lender, you know, then you, you've gone through all the steps beforehand and they've done all of their work primary prior, prior to the auction. So you, you've got your place and usually, you know, the lender comes up and they'll say, Hey, you know, where do you want to spend on this? I want to spend, you know, it's million dollars. I want to spend a million dollars. No, well, you know, we'll, we'll finance up to 750,000. We'll finance, you know, 75% of that purchase. And usually, you know, a lender may give them a limit and say, you know, Hey, you got a range, you can go up to this, but if it exceeds that, then, you know, we're, we're not going to be inclined to, to, you know, go with the, go with you on the financing on that. But that's, that's all done prior uh, before you actually get to the sale. You know, you don't go into a sale and put up a huge sum of non-refundable money and then go talk to your lender. Um, you know, it's just not prudent. That's just not, it's not prudent for anybody. Absolutely. Well, and so you, you, you know, we've talked a little bit about reasons that you would, uh, you know, utilize auctions. 
what would be some of the reasons that you would not want to go to auction? Uh, uh, you know, depending on what type of property you have. I mean, there's a lot of properties uh, that may not be best best suited for auction. I mean, it's just it's the market. I mean, again, you get into a market, it it may not be an auction market. I mean, just you can look and see if any auctions have taken place and it's just not a good fit. And maybe your buyers in that market just aren't a good fit for, for what you're trying to do. Maybe they don't like that process. Uh, so, you know, and there's certain properties, I mean, in, in the Midwest, you see cropland sale, live auction. Uh, in the South, you'll see timber tracks, timberland sale by seal bid a lot. Um, you know, you'll see some online through for recreational properties, different things. So, uh, you know, I've seen seal bid for, for ag land, um, for whatever reason, um, live auctions and recreational land sometimes are, are not as, uh, as, as great. Now, uh, online auctions and rec land and seal bids and rec land, uh, do, do wonderful, do great. But, uh, and I've seen Rickland do wonder will do really well with live auctions, but it just for whatever reason it just there's I've seen some tracks there that you would think would be great for recreational land and you know go to live auction and just not do what you think it's going to do. So it really depends on the market, Mike. I mean that's what you really got to figure out what your market is uh, prepared to do. Who are your buyers? Are your buyers local? Are your buyers coming from across the world? Uh, what you know? What's there? What's there to drive that property? Is it is it recreational? Is it timberland? Is it commercial? You know? Is it you know? Is it a bundle of investment properties that you're selling to investors? What well, what is it that that's really going to drive that that answer? And that's one of the things we hope that you know our platform can work with the agents and brokers uh, to help them develop what their market is and give them some really solid uh, information. They can work with the sellers and say, you know, here, here's prices, here's how it's sold. You know, here's, here's different methods we could look at, you know, here's properties that have sold. Here's some comps that have sold at, at live auction. Here's some comps that sold regular sale. Here's some comps that sold this way. You know, here's your time on the market. Then you really look at it and say, you know, what, what works best for you. I was going to say, yeah, that's where you, you've got to put trust in, in, the land professional you're working with. And, and it's also, you know, they're not just going off of like, I feel like this is going to sell well at auction because, you know, how someone feels doesn't really help any like tangible numbers. They got to look at comps, see what things have performed and how those are performed. Is that sort of like what's going to drive the decision? That's one of the things going to drive the decision. Uh, you know, again, what are the comps out there? Have there been any sales? You know, what's the, um, What's the time on the market? What's the uh, you know what's the overall interest in that area? I mean, if there's a lot of properties that are that are not selling in that market, then you probably don't need to run it. At, if you know there's a lot of properties listed that aren't selling in the market, you probably don't need to put it at auction uh, because if they're not buying, they're not buying what's already there. Then what would really push them to buy something that uh, that you're throwing out there from an auction standpoint? Uh, you ask another thing I want to bring up, you know, what, what would somebody refrain? Usually in auctions, uh, you know, they are, there are other expenses aligned with auctions from marketing, auctioneers, locations, technology, so forth. So usually there are some seller paid expenses on the front end uh, on marketing costs on auctions. And some, you know, some sellers don't want to participate in that. Um, so that's, you know, that's one thing that we always look at from a, from a marketing standpoint, uh, there usually is a deposit there from the seller as we, uh, you know, when we develop these market plans, we go to the seller and say, you know, Hey, what's kind of your budget of you want to, you know, what do you want to spend? You know, here's what we can do ABCD down the list and, you know, do an accounting of that and keep up with it. So. 
Gotcha. And and as far as effectiveness, and and this is you know when you, when you come to the table with somebody, we've we've kind of talked about it, right? Like it's it's you're you're gonna sell, and you're you're more than likely gonna know what the market is gonna bear as far as your property value. Um, there is risk on the high, and there's risk on the low. It could it could sell. You know, it's positive risk if it goes over your expectations. It's you know obvious. You know negative risk if it goes under. What's sort of, you know, what's your blanket statement? Because you work with a lot of auctions. And, you know, when you're talking to a seller and, you know, as 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 a as an agent, you're not necessarily trying to steer them any particular direction. You know, you're letting them make a decision. So how how do you go about sort of just describing the option to go to auction to a to a prospective seller? You know, to depending on their situation uh, and what their expectations are. You know, the main thing that I always try to remind them with an auction is we're going to market it properly. We're going to do our very best to present it as, you know, what it is, you know, it's, it's selling as is where it is, but we're going to present it in the best light that we possibly can. We're going to market in every location that we think it's there. And at the end of the day, when it sells, it's going to bring what the market will bear. Got you. And I, I think that's the honest thing that you can tell anyone when you're dealing with an auction is, you know, you're, you're selling what, what the market will bear. I mean, if you're listing a property and just a general listing and you, you know what the sales are, the comps are, and you list it out there 10%, 15% higher than what the comps are, you go to the, you know, you go to the seller and say, Hey, here's what the comps are. You know, we're going to try to push it a little bit to see if we can get that higher dollar amount. Well, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Um, and it comes in, sometimes it comes right in at comp. Sometimes it comes in a little below, depending on what the seller situation is and what you're willing to accept. I think an auction does that as well, but it just accelerates the process. I mean, it, yeah, it, it's, and it's, a, you know, it presents itself that way because it, it, it's interesting too, because this is sort of the opposite side of the spectrum, right? It's to where we've done podcasts, we talked to like Nick Artis, we talked to Ronnie Richardson was on last week. And, and the one thing that both of them said is if you, if you want to do the best job possible, if you want the, if you want your property to move, you're trying to sell your property, the number one most important thing you can do is price appropriately. Make sure your comps are in line. It doesn't matter if something's sold down the road for a billion dollars if yours doesn't line up to that one you have to price yours appropriately otherwise you could be on market for you know two years three years depending on you know how off you are but this is the opposite side this is the consumers telling you what they think that your property is worth and it's it's just the it's it's the same destination from the opposite side right Exactly. It's you're just accelerating the process. That's the term that I like to utilize when we talk about auctions. You know, we're we're trying to get to the same number as what the market will bear, regardless if you're listing a property and you're selling, you're you're basically going out and getting an offer from someone and that's what they're willing to pay, what you're willing to accept. Same deal on an auction. You're you're auctioning, you're just starting, you, you know, if with a sale, you're starting at a price and you're negotiating from that price. At an auction, you're starting at a point and you're working your way up to get to that same number or more. Uh, and it just accelerates that whole process. I was gonna say too, the other side of that is it's it's sort of the uh it's sort of the jump uh, situation where it's like, if, if you go to, if you put your, your listing up for sale and 
you know, you get a chance to say, you know, I don't like that price. Maybe I don't want to sell my listing. Maybe I don't want to sell my property. I, it's not turning out. The market's not what I thought it was. I'm out. But with auction, it's like you do that when you are ready to go. Like this is, it's time to jump. I definitely want to sell this. Let's see what we can do. And then, like once it's done, it is done. It's done. I mean, you like you said, you, we we work with reserves. So if you have a reserve in there, then it's got to meet that reserve before it sells. So there's a level of protection there. You're not going to just sell it and say, well, it didn't bring what I want, but I still got to sell it if you're selling out of a reserve. And that's what most auctions are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at that reserve level, you have to come up with that comfortable level of what you're comfortable selling at. This is this is where I'm at. This is what I want to sell it for bottom end. And as long as it meets that number, then I'm I'm willing to sell it. And at that point, then you're you know, it's the same deal as a negotiation from a uh from a private treaty sale. I mean you're still negotiating a number. Somebody's made an offer, you back and forth and you've got to a point and that's what I'm willing to accept. Auctions the same way. You get through an auction, you get the high bidder, this is what they've bid. Uh if it's not that at the reserve, then the landowner says, well, you know, it's not quite at my reserve, but this close enough let's let's get to let's sell it or you know hey it didn't meet where i'm at it didn't meet my expectations so i'm not going to sell it i'm just going to keep it so you know how often do you see that as the case where a reserve is not met uh it depends on the market conditions um you know it'd be hard to throw a percentage out there you know if you do your job right and the market's right uh and you price everything correctly it's not going to happen a whole lot you're not going to have a no sale uh, if if you do everything right, um, but you know there's always those situations that that arise that things with, that are under out from and, you know, not within your control and and maybe the property doesn't bring uh, what everybody maybe the comps all say this maybe everything lines up it's going to bring this and for whatever reason that day it doesn't bring it you know that's that's why there's a reserve out there. And you said even with that, that there is the option that if say if bids don't meet the reserve, they could still say, all right, well, I'm willing to entertain that offer, even though it didn't hit reserve. That's still a, that's still an option available. That's still an option. I mean, if you're if you're, you know, auction a property off and you, you get really close uh, to a minimal bid or, or a, minimal, a reserve value. At the end of the auction, you maybe you go back to the two high bidders and say, you know, hey, we got to this point, you know. Neither one of you want to make a, a final bid, make a final offer, or go back to both of them and, and try to negotiate a deal at that point. Uh, or, you know, a high bidder, maybe not two, maybe just one, go back and try to negotiate a deal with, with them and say, you know, hey, you're at, you're at X, we're at Y, why don't we, you know, would you be willing to meet at Z? Uh, so that, that takes place some as well. So I want to hit you with a like a sort of a biased question. Do you have any biased towards going to open market or auction do you lean a particular direction or do you just view it as a tool in the belt i view it as a tool in the belt um i view it for personally i view it as a tool in the belt uh you know as we roll out this platform that's what i want to present it to to the national land brokers and agents you know i want to present it to them also is this is a tool in your belt you know why why would i why would i want to talk to a client about an auction it's going to break down to the same things the seller's going to want for an auction. It's going to accelerate a sale. You're going to hire visibility, no contingencies, pre-qualified people ready to buy. I mean, it's, it's the same process for there, but you know, you just have to look at it as a tool. And if it's something that's, you know, whatever reason, maybe it, it hasn't sold, maybe you need to take a look at a different method of selling. Um, 
Or if somebody's trying to get an expedited sale, you know, hey, I really, you know, I want to get this sold. I need to, you know, get it, get it off our books. Not necessarily a foreclosure. Maybe it's, you know, it's something else. So we're we're trying to liquidate for the end of the year, whatever. Then you know, hey, maybe you look at an auction opportunity. I was going to say that would be a in that situation, you could be looking at tax season. Like, all right, I just got to get it before property taxes hit and move it. You know, you get a lot of different things. You get, uh, you know, everything's a lot of stuff's corporate owned. Maybe they need to get rid of something before the end of the year. Maybe they need to get it off their books. Uh, you have an option there to, to get that, you know, get it off the books that way. Uh, whether, you know, depending on which method of auction you use, any of the three. But uh, that's that's popular to do it that way as well. Um, last kind of question here is, have you ever had a listing that you went to open market and then decided to go to auction and it moved faster? I mean, it, you, you 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 turned the frown upside down where it didn't work out the way you wanted to at open market, and then you, it ended up moving at auction. I was just curious if you've ever hit that kind of a situation. I've seen that work before. Um, I think I've done it once over time. That uh, you know we've we've taken a property listing that sat out there, sat out there, and it didn't really move. So we decided to do an auction. Maybe we did a bid. Uh, I've never, I've never had one on the market and then turn around and did a live auction. Uh, but you know, we did a bid or an online bid. I, I think that was a little bit more successful. Uh, you know, the flip side, I've seen some, you know, where you've had it at auction, maybe it didn't meet that reserve. So then you rolled it into a, to a listing after that side. Uh, again, it's, it's knowing your market, knowing what your market will bear and knowing what your, you know, how your market likes to buy. Gotcha. So any, any like words of, uh, of encouragement advice, uh, you know, to, to prep people for, for the auction season as summer hits, you know, is, is, is cropland season, uh, you know, cropland auctions always are very popular in the fall. Crops are coming off lands bare, you know, you really don't have a lot of crop rent or anything like that to deal with. So those will, those do very well in the fall. Uh, recreational properties, everybody wants to have something in place. So you need to be working on that now, uh, have that closed before, before fall, before that. So just like any other, any other listing, but you know, winter, winter is usually a, a good time for auctions beginning in the fall, going through the winter department, depending on, you know, what type of property, but that's usually your busiest season, uh, would be the, the fall through the spring, winter and spring. Which means you want to get ready and do all your diligence during the summer so that you're ready to go for fall, right? Exactly. You want to be, you want to be ready, uh, have all your information ready again from start to finish. You know, once you decide you want to do an auction, it takes, you know, three weeks, three solid weeks to be able to put all the marketing together. And then you want to roll it out, make it known to the public that it's going to sell and, you know, give about 30 days for then. And then at that point, you know, whether it's a one day sale or multi day sale, uh, you know, announce that and open it up. So it's, and then close, you know, 30 days to close. You're, you're looking really at about a 90 day process start to finish. Gotcha. Okay. I was going to say, and it, and it could very well be 90 days into four months. I mean, it, it could be depending on how things go out of the front end. You know, and it depends on how complicated the auction is. I mean, if you've got an auction that's got multi, multi, multi tracks that you have to, you know, market all of them together, parcel it out. How are we doing this? Maybe, you know, you got surveyed of each track, you know, it just takes some time to put all of it together. Because again, you're selling it as is, where is, but you want to make sure you have the best available information to every buyer when you open an auction, uh, because you are selling it as is, where is. You don't want to get into a situation where there's a question mark of what about this or what about that? Uh, you want to be as absolutely as transparent as possible 
uh, with everything, you know, the, in a regular treaty, you know, you can do your due diligence. You can get some things. Well, maybe something pops up that you weren't aware of, but you have time to, to resolve that. And in an auction, you don't. I mean, it's it's going to sell as is where it is. So uh, you want to make sure all of that stuff is just completed on the front end. Excellent, excellent advice. Well, Jeremy, I appreciate your time. Uh, thank you for spending the last, you know, close to an hour with me. And uh, sure. yeah, I'll let you get on with your day. <laughs> Sounds great, Mike. Thanks for the time today. This concludes episode number 52 for the National Land Realty Podcast, discussing what you need to know about land auctions with Jeremy Stevens, head of the National Land Realty Auction Program. You can learn more about land ownership and the buying and selling of land at nationalland.com. 